Welcome to the Arts Report for January 29th. It is 5 after 5 and you are at 101.9 on your radio dial. Stay tuned for some push, um, some more push, and then some, uh, just some stuff after that that's up in the air. Uh, we will return momentarily with the Arts Report on the CITL 101.9. something a little something from tim carlson and the band from duets for one uh, inspired by patty smith uh, land iggy and the stooges tim carlson actually is joining his band on stage for one of for a rare performative experience because usually he is the artistic producer of conspiracy theater and also known as Theater Conspiracy. I do that every time because I want to say Conspiracy Theory. Tim, that one's on you. It's on you, Tim, for such a catchy name. Anyway, the band is Tim Carlson, John Wood on guitar, and Ed Goodane on drums, and they are supporting Tanya Marquat as part of Duets for One, which is happening at the Push Festival February 1st at 8 p.m., and that's part of Club Push, which is the series we're following this year. Now it's opening up for myth and infrastructure, um, but this local um, local performer turned New York City student is currently uh, writing her memoir, Stray, about her years as a teen runaway, and she got together with Tim Carlson and director Mallory Catlett uh, to do duets for one, which is a meta-memoir, a punk meta-memoir, if you will. And uh, it's about cabaret style, it's got monologue, it's got storytelling, and it's got a little bit of music. Uh, This is uh, Gloria, Uh, and then we also have some more music for you coming up. 
A couple of weeks ago, I sat down with Tanya and with Tim to talk a little bit about the inspiration of the play, um, as well as uh, his turn as performer. Um, Tanya left in New York in 2010 um, to take a master's in memoir at Hunter College, and it's based Stray is based on her on her years from 16 to after college. Uh, where she went through a lot of abuse uh, and was a runaway kid. She had a lot of traumatic experiences, um, which storytelling has helped her work on. Uh, it's always been extremely personal for her, um, and all her performance, which she's done all around the world, including uh, back here at Club Push, um, has been extremely personal, as well as interested in truth and memory and kind of made memoir as she says a natural fit um she's also really really interested in the unreliable narrator which when you're writing a story about yourself is pretty much a given now she'd written her stories for other people but had become very discomfited by the barriers that exist when someone else is telling your story so she decided that she had to uh, search within herself and uh, start writing her own story as her own story. And when she started researching, as you'll hear in a minute, things weren't exactly how she remembered it, but those memories are still foundational, so she decided to tell them that way anyway. (laughs) Tim came in as a co-writer during an opera project, which was based on the love letters of figure famous figures including a poet that tanya discovered through a drug dealer that she had when she was a teen it's very uh it's a sordid tale they tried to uh bring in another performer to uh to rock out um in tim's place but their director mallory would have none of it because tim and tanya had already created a relationship as storytellers and co-creators and besides mallory was there to give a another eye to these performers who are pretty strong-willed as you'll hear So here is um, Tanya and Tim talking a little bit about Stray, uh, about the opera, the punk opera, um, based on the love letters, and then at the end telling us about what it's like to um, perform these stories. Um, You can also listen to Tim and Tanya um, talk a little bit about Club Push in general um, from our uh not last week but the weeks before episode of the arts report because tim is uh one of the curators of club push uh the push festival is going to be running until uh the second so coming up on closing this weekend and so this is one of the last shows you'll get a chance to see so without further um well elocuted uh ado here is Tanya Marquardt and Tim Carlson talking about duets for one. The uh, what's another one? The um, the reliable narrator, mm-hmm. which love, is, I, I love, which we played with a lot. Like there was this moment where I tell a story about my father killing my cat. He threw it out of... I remember this. I really remember him throwing the cat out of this third-story apartment, and my mother tells it all the time. But then when I went back to interview my mother, like how we're interviewing now, when I, when I interviewed her for the memoir, I asked her about this experience, and she said, oh, no, no, that never happened. Your father just... One day, he, we were in a house, and he just threw the cat out onto the back porch. 
into the back lawn. So your cat like never died, but this whole for like wow. 30, you know, years or whatever, I'd been like living with the story like my dad killed my cat. <laughs> yeah, and my brother remembers my dad killing my cat too. So we were like, no, like I think that happened. And she was like, no, that's not what happened. It all became very interesting and we <laughs> made it into this sort of strange performance and it was really fantastic. Acknowledging that truth, to what degree yeah. are you able to do so mm-hmm. subconsciously, unconsciously, like yeah. being honest? Being well, that makes that's what makes memoir really, really interesting to explore as an artist. Memory, the word memory actually comes from it's derived from the, the meme, which is Latin for to remember. And way back when they, they considered memory a sense, so it was the same as like smelling, seeing, and all that. So it was a sense. It wasn't something that was definitive. It wasn't something that we could scientifically pinpoint. Like this is exactly what happened. It was actually very ephemeral, right? So memoir is like the ephemeral relationship to memory. So it is very much like if I if I if I remember that this heat dish that we're sitting in front of right now glows green, and Tim remembers that it glows orange my truth is my truth if I write that down it glowed green and that's very interesting because it actually isn't about truth it's about our experience our experience with our own honesty that's actually a very complicated thing and I think that's what makes memoir or even autobiographical performance you're able to transcend into something more than just a documentation of something because it's actually my experience of something and how it changed how it's different from your experience of the thing and um, our experience of, of space and how, you know, even there are places in my memory where I actually say, so-and-so says it's like this, but I'm going to tell it like this because this is the way I remember it. Well, I think initially we um, got together for martinis the night of the hockey riot (laughs) we didn't know the hockey riot was happening we found that out later but anyway that's um (laughs) that um starts the time frame (laughs) so the night of the hockey riots (laughs) um and we uh hadn't worked together um on the on a project together before but have known each other for like a day and we just decided that uh, we wanted to work together, we didn't know what, and uh, it would have a music component. So we chatted about that like half the night, and then six months later... So six months later I was in, my, in the master's program, and they, the opera department at Hunter College, which is where I went, for, they were looking for short operas. I thought, well, this is a really, this is a great way for me and Tim to work together. So I called him and um, I said, do you want to write an opera, a 10-minute opera with me? And he's like, that sounds great. And we tried to figure out what to write about. And at the time, I was going through a really difficult breakup. So I was, <laughs> I was writing these really awful love letters all the time <laughs> and sending them to this person in Vancouver and like really hating myself for it. But then like compulsively not being able to stop so then I was reading all these love letters from like Napoleon and you know um, Beethoven and like all this stuff so we kind of started there we were sending these love these examples of love letters back and forth and then I discovered or rediscovered this poet named David Wojnarowicz poet visual artist AIDS activist and there was this poem that I had gotten from a drug dealer when I was a runaway 
And so I sent that poem to um, Tim, and then we started looking at that, that poet, and we found his memoir, and he talked a lot about having sex with strangers at the New York Pier, and we found this one excerpt from that, and so we took that as a storyline, and then interspersed all these lines from, like, Napoleon's love letters and all these things, and we, we sort of made an opera about what it would be like to go to the pier and have sex with a stranger, and what it would, how that would feel, and what loneliness would feel like, and aloneness, and, you know, desire for intimacy, and, and then it was performed at Hunter College, and it was awesome! Because you, you never quite know what's going to happen until you see an opera singer singing your text. Yeah, around that time we were talking about shows for Club Push in 2014. And in discussion with Tanya just said, let's, you know, this version, this opera sounds very bizarre to us, but let's take it. <laughs> as a starting point and see where we go. Six months later, I went to New York and we started riffing on stories of Tanya's and I'd interview her and just kind of play guitar alongside and we'd fool around and try things out. And really what came out of it is that we were doing a bit of a punk show along the lines of um, Patti Smith's early work when she was just um, uh, performing uh, poetry along with a guitar player. And that fit in with the era the, of interest that we had in uh, late 70s, early 80s, New York Lower Side scene that David Wojnarowicz was part of. Uh, so that was our starting point, and then yeah. we kind of cherry-picked different uh, things from the memoir and from uh, more recent stories. Uh, so it's kind of like Duets for One starts where the memoir ends, because it's very much about the process of writing the memoir, too. Mm-hmm. Now, the, obviously the source material is Tanya's life, but did it bring up new reflections on your truths, on your, on your vulnerabilities? Well, that's interesting. I think maybe what I, what I got about making the show with Tanya, the thing that came away, I came away with is there's this whole storyline uh, from Tanya's childhood through to her moving to New York that is about running away. First having to run away from a, um, a difficult situation with her mother and later on running away again in a different sense and uh, how that can evolve from running away because you have to for immediate safety to that can evolve into something where you run away to become yourself, become more yourself, maybe. Um, and that's a really interesting thing. I think that's a theme in the piece that's really transformative. Um, also, um, the theme around loneliness, you know, which we think of as a negative thing. Uh, but in terms of solitude, about it being valuable and needing that as well. And 
that's certainly been uh, a part of who I am and how I work over the years is just um, that need for solitude, for reflection, to you know find truth. Did did this process? Um I've been mainly a writer and producer over the years and have done very little performance since, you know, I was in my late teens, early 20s, uh, both in theater and very short-lived rock bands. Rock <laughs> bands that I were done, like, overnight. Or, uh, <laughs> I want to know their names. I want to look it up. Daddy. <laughs> okay, nice. Daddy. <laughs> Well, let's talk um, about that being a performer. That's yeah, uh, but in I've always done a lot of, of songwriting and songwriting for different cabaret pieces or um, uh, theater pieces over the years. Uh, but really, only maybe in the last two years, I've started doing some recording and playing with uh, other musicians again and that kind of thing. And have a certain amount of nervousness around it. But just getting into the studio with Tanya and uh, turning up and feeling the energy in this story and where it can go and really discovering a little bit of a skill for improvising um, in amongst storytelling as opposed to writing a strict kind of writing book or a three-minute pop song. So it feels very exciting to do that. In a way, that's really the best part. <laughs> it's certainly uh, the most fun quote part.
this is somebody's favorite show! Hi, Dan Shakespeare here. You know, for most of the stuff that I play, you probably think that I'm much older, but you know what? Most of you are probably way off, because I'm only 23 years old. Tune into the Shakespeare Show between noon and 1 p.m. on Wednesdays. It's songs from before the 1920s to alternative stuff today. Plus jokes and riddles, all sorts of fun stuff. Just put any, put any of it on your iTunes if you need to. Pretty soon it'll be coming out on it'll be coming out on albums. Don't forget to vote in the upcoming AMS elections. The AMS is your student society. While there may be other elections happening in other constituencies during this time frame, the AMS elections affect all UBC students. The voting period is from January 27th to the 31st. For information on candidates and how to vote, go to ams.ubc.com. Those were the dulcet tones of Ryan. We were referring to them as dulcet. And uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, Thank you very much for coming back on over to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9. We have very responsibly uh, celebrated a little bit in the break, and we are here to celebrate in the second half hour. uh, my last show. I'm very. I wanted Woo! to say thank you. Um, we have uh, a couple of arts reporters. We have Paul in studio here. Hi, say hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Nice. Uh, we have Julia, one of our new arts reporters, who's going to be talking about Sketchfest. And uh, we have former arts director Adam, who got me into this mess wow. in the first freaking place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. we're both free. Uh, Megan, you've done an awesome job, by the way. Oh, thanks. I just brought these guys in to, you know, uh, give me compliments (laughs) for the most part. And you're pretty. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) You got to get the, what you got to do is you got to get some liars into the studio and just, because they love it. They love saying lies. Um, Are those new glasses? um, They are, Adam. Thank you so much for noticing. Um, Now, shut up, because Paula is going to tell us a little bit uh, about... Uh, a show. Now, what show did you see at Push, Paul? Um, I sh- saw a show called uh, Night, uh, and it follows the story of a somewhat chance meeting uh, in the 24-hour darkness that is common uh, in places such as None of It. Mm-hmm. And uh, it basically follows the story of the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Repatriation of the remains of one of the inhabitants of pond inlets uh well, what was i trying to say oh grandfather um mm-hmm. so um it's largely set in um Inuktitut and uh we are sort of brought through this strange uh chain of events that comes from such um i would say sometimes misguided acts of repatriation mm-hmm. um and so uh it, it it's it's one of those shows that seems to be actually quite political um uh, in its format uh but it it sort of is able to be political without uh, bashing over the head with it mm-hmm. uh, and so a, a word i was trying to use to describe it was uh, it's full of uh, veracity and uh, the veracity i like that especially after we were just talking about truth mm, like yeah. truth and veracity that's pretty okay well, and I, I think it's actually an important word to use rather than something like believable or, or authentic because it's less mired in 
I guess, the discourse of authenticity. So um, it, it's one of those things where like, you feel like you have been to Pond Inlet. You feel like you've known these people. You've, walked, you've watched them walk before. You, you've heard their intonations. Um, and uh, e- even as uh, likely 20-year-olds playing 15-year-olds, you, you, believe, <laughs> you believe their internet speak and <laughs> the, way that they, uh, the way that they interact with each other. So, yeah, all in all, a very uh, a very interesting show and definitely worth uh, checking out if you got the time. I think it ends, uh, what is it, on the first? So. That is over, son. It is oh, really? over. Yeah, so... Well, no point in reviewing it then. No, there, <laughs> there, uh, no we're going yeah. to review um, a couple more ended shows. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one is actually um, moving on. But the thing is with Night, so it played at the Roundhouse from the 24th to the 26th. Oh, that's right. And um, the how, how would you... Is this your first time at Push? First time at Push. And, I, you know, honestly, I expected something uh, a little more out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I was quite surprised. That it, it's a fairly regular sort of format of play. Um, it does become somewhat radical, let's say, in its politics and... Uh, maybe in the different ways that they assemb- assemble the storytelling te- techniques, but, um, it, you know, it's, it's not performance art as much as it's theater. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think um, and this is one of the reasons uh, why we covered Club Push for the most part. Like, people were welcome to do other things, but um, because that's actually the kind of underground of the underground. And one of the things about Push that I like um, is the international or even within like this is a toronto piece but it still kind of has that yeah human cargo is from toronto oh i, I see what you mean okay yeah. because uh the the author uh, mm-hmm. the writer of the play the playwright there we yeah. go um it is from pond inland yeah so, great so uh, it, it's got that kind of international feel and it brings yeah. people in but yeah it's not always necessarily uh wonky but sometimes yeah. the actual like the idea of um, especially with the talk back and everything, the idea of mm-hmm. actually the subject matter. Sometimes um, that in itself is unique uh-huh. and may, you don't necessarily have to do a whole, like sometimes getting people, sadly, mm-hmm. getting people to be really invested in, in the stories um, of of someone like uh, this Inuit you know, girl can sometimes be a stretch of it and that kind of pushes the boundaries itself oh, and so maybe maybe that was a choice they made but yeah it, it Push is known for its kind of weirdness that being said when I saw King Lear last year uh, as much as I love Push too weird really? no you mean the, the one from Taiwan? Or? it was uh, it was um, Be Quiet Lamb we have in the studio <laughs> named Emma um, she's always getting in here um yeah, it was it was weird in the first half, and not and not in a weird way because it was like Taiwanese or anything. It was really really cool. It was Chinese opera, but like sometimes the uh, pushing it for its own sake. Yeah. So it sounds like they maybe decided to push it in content versus format. Absolutely. Give yeah. you a, a chance to kind of focus on the content rather than digesting the format. Yeah, and I mean, it, they made it really easy to understand the translations uh, from the Nuktatut, and they were able to use that sort of interplay of language quite well to. I, I guess bring you into those politics uh, because I mean they they would sort of se- seamlessly go between uh, a fairly I mean uh, a fairly formal uh, white sort of English that you might expect um, to a uh, fairly um, informal teenager kind of speak mm-hmm. uh, to a uh, to uh, something that's just explicitly internet talk so oh, and <laughs> lead, lead speak yeah I lead think? speak yeah is exactly what the kids call it these yeah. days. Why are you looking at me? 
<laughs> You're the youngest person here. <laughs> Julia's like, why are you looking at me? Um, so, yeah. uh, are, are you, did you, is this the show that you got to see at Push? Do you think that you'll put it, make it part of your calendar next year as well? Uh, Push the festival, you yeah. mean? Uh, yeah, but I, I think that's more just because I, I th- feel like I need to see more performance art in my life. So You absolutely do. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, um, so last week I, um, or the last show I was on, so two weeks ago, I, I did a interview with Vanessa Kwan hmm. of Norma Collective. Um, and so uh, I saw I saw Swan Song for Cats um, this past weekend, and it was n- the thing is is that they said they were going to be uh, it was going to be weird, and it was weird, but mostly it was like there was all this build up for a very short period of laughter, and I don't think they were trying to be funny, but I'm not really sure what. Like there was all they did all this stagecraft on the stage, so they set up the st- the stage and the set, and then they decided then they put together like all all the setup, and then they and then it was like thirty seconds, and then it was over, and so it was this weird like I think they were playing with anti anticlimactic movement, but mm. it was yeah it was a little I don't know if I was I don't know if it was fully realized the costuming was amazing and Vita Hilly was amazing and the performances were quite funny, but it was it was. Um, definitely something that if you weren't coming for performance art yeah and you weren't you weren't necessarily and you were ready for something a little more straight ahead you would have been put off what was that one called it was called swan song for cats and it was the last song by uh, the last uh the swan song from norma collective it's a collective of seven people who would actually now live across the country but vanessa kwan is also the curator at fuse which is part of um, the Vancouver Art Gallery performance series. So um, it was it was a really, really cool thing to witness, but it definitely was like content, 100% relatable format was where they were pushing it. So kind of like the flip yeah. side of what you were do- of what you saw. Yeah, it's, it's a funny thing about performance art as well is that it's, it's not there it's so much for uh, entertainment as it is there for significant action, I mm-hmm. think is sort of the way that I look at it. And so, yeah, it, it's, I mean, I can see why it'd be a lot more about maybe playing with the dynamics of the of the format rather than trying to convey a specific story or narrative yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. well thanks paul um paul is uh one of the designers uh the lead designer here at citr um so if you're looking at our ads online you're looking at our posters that that's mr bucci here yeah i also do bar vinsa's weddings yeah yeah (laughs) tip your you know he'll be here all week tip your waitress walks on the beach oh and pina coladas <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, Paul, it'd um, be awesome uh, if you stick around and hang out with us. Um, we are listening to a little bit of uh, the Gang Signs remixes, uh, and this is uh, a remix of Antidote by The Passenger, who you can see this week and Friday um, conflicting sadly with the Discorder new format launch. So, what you need to do is you need to get your S together and you need to go to both parties because they're right beside each other. What is it the Astoria on the other is that? Redgate 855 East Hastings. It is uh, going to be Common Vernacular who ho- who co-hosts sometimes or um, guest hosts more than human. Um, it is going to be plays for um, uh it is going to be uh, The Passengers headlining and then Kensington Gore and the More Than Human DJs. And this is a album, uh, a More Than Human release party, and More Than Human is Gareth Moses, and he has a show on Sunday, on Saturday nights um, called, ironically, More Than Human. Um, and it is 
one of my favorite shows on CITR besides um, mine, obviously. <laughs> and uh, and I also actually do personally endorse the Shakespeare show. I think it's, it's a really fantastic, very unique show. And uh, we're going to play a couple of PSAs and uh, for another show that I love called The Beaver Hour, which is hosted by um, our little studio lamb, Emma. <laughs> And uh, we will be back with uh, Brenda Gruno. Uh, she is our station manager, and she is going to be giving us a little info on uh, the dragonfly of Chikuni. Stay tuned. Who are you to comment on who I am? What the f***, man? F***ing prick. Oh, yeah? Since when? Who the f*** are you, fool? You'll see. F***ing coward. You're a f***ing hater. F*** out of here. Enjoy hating you, prick. Oh, good, you f***ing idiot. You f***ing with the wrong guy. Sucks to be you. Better watch yourself. Real talk. Beaver Hour. Tuesdays at 11 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with your host, Emma Rawson. 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 are back and this um, is from the Gang Signs remix um, which I meant to play earlier and we were also listening to a little beekeeper as well uh, I don't usually play music this is a little fun trip down music lane for me so um, I am trying out all the CD players and stuff um, so Brenda hello Megan welcome to the Arts Report thank you um Thank you for uh, sponsoring our celebration earlier with uh, with a little... We popped some bottles. Yeah, we gave Megan a little thank you for all of her hard work. Um, which I totally deserve. <laughs> um, no, I do not. But uh, I wanted to share it with everyone because it has been amazing hanging out at CITR. And um, you never get rid of us. Not really. I mean, Adam's back. I know. I'm, I practically live here. Um, table, yeah, it's you guys didn't notice. I thought it was pretty weird, but I didn't want to say anything. Um, and then, so I'm going to be heading out over to CJSF. I'm going to be helping out um, their spoken word department, doing some training, um, similar stuff that, that happens here. So it's going to be great. What are you going to miss the most about CITR? Um, besides Brenda, obviously. Good answer. Um, CJSF does not have a beer machine, <laughs> um, which we'll have to deal with. Um, and uh, I think uh, one of the things about CHR is, especially since I've been here, so I started in September of 2010 uh, with Discorder, and I had never, I was out of school, I had never like really known that much about radio, ironically had never volunteered at CJSF, even though I'm working there now, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was... It was uh, a lot of the great things were still there, but I think over the past couple of years, uh, the buzz when you come in here for like a listening party, um, it is really the coolest kid on campus. And it's not always the people you might look at and say, oh, that's a cool kid. 
a lot of them are but um it's just like the best people on campus are here and they're always really fun they're into learning new things they want to hear what's next they want to go out they want to meet each other they want to contribute and it's insane to sometimes come through and all the volunteers that are busily working away or sometimes they're having a party or sometimes they're painting or sometimes and that's all just in the lounge that's not even when you get to the on-air booth which can get a little crazy as well um it gets a little warm in here so i'm gonna miss like the really insane (laughs) temperature changes it's like you have like three climate zones at citr (laughs) um but soon um you're gonna have a new studio Mm -hmm. i guess here's some big beekeeper in the background there um uh you guys are going to have a new studio, so I'm going to miss that. I'm not going to get to move into the new studio. When does that happen, by the way? It's uh, November 2014. Yeah, and we're going to have a big party and welcome everyone back to to celebrate the new space. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have a big fake ribbon cutting. <laughs> oh. we got to do that. <laughs> Question, will the ribbon be fake or like <laughs> will the cutting be fake? It's probably going to be real. Big fake scissors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They won't cut. They're like, oh, we should have gotten real scissors. This is ridiculous. Well, I imagine that's going to be an amazing moment because I remember when looking at the first plans, you know, and and those Mm -hmm. early meetings of, you know, where should this office go and will there be enough space for this and will it be welcoming and all that stuff. And when you actually walk in, I I can't even imagine what that'll be like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went on a hard hard hat tour on Tuesday morning, the first time I've been in the new space. And uh, when we were planning it, we took all the designs and we taped them out in the ballroom next door and walked around mm. to like make sure that our, the way we'd plan oh. it actually made physically physical sense, like just tape on the ground. And then so uh, on Tuesday we went and the framing was up, but nothing else. And you could walk through the wow. space again and you're like, wow, like this feels a little different than we expected. This feels sure. a little better, but like overall awesome. Very, very excited. Yeah, and I know mm-hmm. that one aspect is going to be that it that it will have an opening to the what do you, what do you, know, what do you call it mezzanine atrium whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna have parties. We're gonna have live bands because right now when you have a live band in here, they're kind of cramped in the lounge, and you get to hear it on air. But there's gonna be this live aspect to everything that happens at CHR now, besides just what we can pipe in, in through the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the front wall of our station opens up and folds, and we've got little track lighting in the back to make the bands look even more exciting and then um yeah we can uh, the band can play into the main atrium of the new sub students are going to know we're here now there's no escaping us um <laughs> now you recently saw a couple of shows at push and you're going to give us you're going to earn your keep um now you're and you're used to reviewing you review a lot of stuff on peanut butter and jams mm-hmm. usually of the food variety mm-hmm. tell um give us a plug for your show yeah, so I'm the co-host of Peanut Butter and Jams. We're alternating Thursdays from 6 till 7.30. And we play a lot of local music and discuss local food. So anything from the Cask Festival I just went to at Central City to reviewing restaurants or just talking about... We had a mushroom expert on the <laughs> other day talking about... I'm going to assume that's like for pizzas and stuff. Well, all sorts of things. He talked about which varieties are poisonous oh. and how to go walking in the woods safely, which is not without an expert and uh, <laughs> he's like here's how you do it please don't uh it's a terrible idea you mean yeah. like cousin steve is not a good good person to go no, with? no no be careful especially not your cousin steve hey, you leave steve alone listen he's messed me over for the last time with his mushrooms from the woods mm-hmm. 
Um, so you are going to turn those reviewing skills to uh, the dragonfly of, pronounce it for me? Shikutumi. Nice. Hopefully that's okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I did the French language From Theatre Up. Yeah. So I lived for five weeks in Shikutumi, so it was really mm. neat to hear them describe the landscape. Oh, that's what a what a extra special sense we're going to get of things mm-hmm. So uh, tell us, uh, so this is... Um, originally was performed or first performed on the eve of the Quebec referendum and um, it's written by Larry Tremblay and it is uh, actually a pretty definitive work Um, when you saw it did it feel definitive you like this is definitive Uh, (laughs) no it didn't oh tell us more well I think um, like I've spent a lot of time in Montreal but I don't the, the play was kind of positioned as a play about uh, about English versus French language, and that wasn't initially apparent. You kind of had to dig deeper to get it. Um, there was a, a character who had survived some childhood trauma, and the bulk of the play was him describing this dream, and uh, it was narrated by five of him. There were five, hmm. five different age different age, different costumed uh, different characters that all represented the subconscious of this one guy. Mm-hmm. So they all uh, they told this um, in crazy intense dream of him eating a popsicle and then showing up and his mom not letting him inside and then her ending up trying to brandish this large knife at him and then he turns into a dragonfly and gets crushed on these stones. So And this is half the play, right? This kind of magical, mm-hmm. crazy... So um, it, would you describe it as ma- like a magical realism or would you describe it as like pure fantasy? It was very much fantasy, but kind of horror thrown in there. Mm. And um, the characters were di- very different and they would repeat things and say things in chorus and take turns telling the story. So there was this kind of methodical, rhythmic repetition to it. And then every once in a while, you'd look at this guy kind of lying on the floor and there would be this really, um, really discordant organ that would kind of go to the the front and make this big sort of punctuation and you go oh hmm interesting <laughs> from the images it looked like um the performers were kind of isolated mm-hmm. Gee, it is, so that's kind of unique because usually a lot of performance in theater is very much about interaction how did did was that something that worked well with material or it did um so there were basically a set of five boxes all connected across and each character had their own little box so they didn't relate to each other but they had very um they had sort of common movements and common emotions and energy that would kind of pervade even though one was a cowboy and one was a guy lying on the floor and kind of an institution and you know wait a minute how many characters were in this show five oh yeah but they all represented one guy so the premise is he has this childhood trauma and he's telling the story, but he keeps changing it because he's not telling the, the truth. And gradually you find out that he he was um, somewhat abused and then ends up killing by accident this half-English boy that he played with. Mm. And then he doesn't talk for 20 years. And then when he talks, he talks in English and he can't stop spitting out English words. So we have another show that is kind of looking at truth and uh, memory and trauma. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you have you have uh, many thoughts. Tell us a, tell us a few more thoughts about about this play. Maybe um, I know it's over now because uh, it ran um, from the twenty second to the twenty fifth down at SFU mm-hmm. um, at the Center for the Arts. So uh, t- yeah, tell us a little bit more about how you think it kind of connected with um, with you and and the Vancouver scene. Maybe what it was bringing. Mm-hmm. So I think. Um 
a lot of the the work that Push brought in this year was from Quebec mm -hmm. and kind of explores the ideas of identity. So it was really interesting. Um, walking in the lobby, the entire lobby was speaking French. There was this mm -hmm. French populating the air, and um, I'd be really interested to hear uh, hear their thoughts on the film and how they perceived uh, the the um, the way the play portrayed the sort of struggle between the, the French and the English and identity and how this this character was struggling with that in his daily life yeah the like the the beauty in the of the film was film the beauty of the play was really of, about the staging and the script and the, the delivery of the stream uh, so um, the themes the themes kind of sank with you but it was really more about the beauty of the play and and the script that was that made an impact yeah, so the interesting thing about this play that I didn't realize is one of the characters in this play was actually the star of the one-man show that I saw last night. <laughs> okay, and did um, you, and that was one. Yeah. Which is playing until the 8th, actually, um, so it extends beyond uh, the Push Festival, which ends on the 2nd, and it'll be at the Kulch um, uh, until the 8th. Uh, and on the 29th, that being today, there's going to be a post-performance talk. So if you can get some tickets, that might be a good day. Um, so was there a difference, do you think? In, in like, Tell us a little bit about one and maybe how it differed in terms of this performer. Mm -hmm. So one uh, was written by Manny Silimanlu and uh, very much in sort of that one-person fringe style. You know, one person on stage describing their experience, uh, very heartfelt storytelling, jumping from place to place, but one guy telling a story. He, he didn't play multiple characters, he just played his one thing and talked about... Um, he talked about his identity as a, someone born in Iran, his Persian identity, and then moving to, uh, to Paris, and then Toronto, Ottawa, and Montreal, and basically how he was very confused. He wasn't Persian, and he wasn't Quebecois, and every city he moved into, people were like, where are you from? You must be Quebecois. Oh, you're not from here. You're not from there. And, and kind of this, how Canadians are always like, well, I don't want to, you're from Quebec, you're different. And yeah, I came we're to very, Toronto. We're and, very regional. Like, the regions in Canada are so big, and even within, like, something like BC, there's so many different things that, different areas and different kind of lifestyles. Yeah, we're, we're kind of... Um, you know, if you in the states, you have you'll have these states. There's state identity, but you're also surrounded by like four or five other people that all pretty much say you know states that share the same experience. But the experience of Alberta is so different than BC, and BC is so different from Ontario. It's a, we're we're kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. So a lot of his, you know, he told a very a very common Canadian narrative of I'm not from here, but now I am, and I don't really fit in back home, and I don't really fit in back in there, and I have these multiple identities that I'm trying to explore and and appreciate. Um, a lot of the play was about him talking about the political landscape in Iran and the uh, the protests and why his parents left and him really appreciating this struggle but wanting to. Um, feeling very alienated because he hadn't experienced any and saying over and over, I'm not really Persian because these are not my struggles and mm -hmm. I, I really feel for the people back home and I, I remember the way uh, I feel like my culture wants their country to be, but it's, it's not that way. Mm -hmm. But I also can't fully identify with them living there day to day and what that feels like. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He did a, a really good job of warming up the crowd and with humor and stuff. Getting uh, them on board. Yeah, and being like really personable and engaging. It felt very comfortable at the beginning. Before he started, it was completely dark, and he uh, there was this little over the like testing, testing, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, hi, I'm here. I'm about to start the show. He's like, if you don't turn your cell phones off, he's like, I know they told you to, but it's really okay. He's like, <laughs> daytime minutes are expensive. <laughs> if you need to answer your phone, I'm okay with that. He's like, really? I'm really okay with that. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. And then a phone did ring during the show. And he's like, you can answer that. It's okay. That's yeah. It's uh, it it makes you feel like you're part of the show a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, it's important if it's just one guy on stage. Like if you don't build that rapport with the audience, then you can really lose them. Mm -hmm. So that's great that they do that. Um, Brenda, thank you so much for coming and hanging out on thank the show. You. And uh, we're gonna take a, a really like quick break, and then Julia, new arts reporter who has been hanging out in the wings, waiting for her moment to talk about Sketchfest. Her first, like, official review, and uh, we are going to return uh, momentarily. And uh, what I did is I got my um, CDs mixed up. So right now we are um, listening to the Gang Signs remixes, and how did you not tell the difference, you ask? Well, it's because I'm paying attention to other things, okay? Everyone get off my back already. It's my last show. <laughs> um, so we are going to um, listen to a Gang Signs remix by our very own DJ B. Brenda, as to what else she's going to be seeing, uh, Brenda, what what else is coming up for you at Push? What what are you, what are you going to plug for us? Yeah, so there's a, I'm seeing sorry I'm seeing one more show. It's a dance show by Six O Five Collective from Vancouver. Love them. It's called Inheritor Album, and it says Scotia Bank from January thirtieth to I believe February second. So if you're curious about that piece, I'll have a short paragraph on the website tomorrow after the show. And that website is CITR one one point nine, and uh, you can also uh, check out the podcast um, from CITR. Uh, .ca and uh, you can follow us on Twitter and if you actually head over to our Facebook facebook.com slash arts report um, you can there's a great digital film fest is going on right now it's a bunch of Hollywood blockbusters that have been remastered and digital um, but you know it's a lot of really fun stuff Bill and Ted you got your lock stock and smoke and barrels a bunch of stuff so if you go over to our Facebook you can like the arts report and you can tell us uh comment a little bit on the post there and win win one of two pairs of tickets and we'll have some reviews um 
uh, from that. I'm not like I'm not really sure what the like local content of Planet of the Apes is, but the person, the reviewer, will be local, and that's good enough for me. Um, Julia, hello, welcome back What's to the up? show. Welcome on mic. How are okay. you feeling? I'm okay. You're doing really good so nervous. far. Oh my god. And um, so you sat in with us with um, Peter and Chris from Sketchfest, yes, and you were so charmed. Funny dudes. They were pretty funny. Um, very well, one cute. Of, one of them. One of them was cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Now for those at home who think that Julia is a terrible person, <laughs> we were just joking. So how one of them was like the brains, and one of them was the beauty. Um, they're both very smart and beautiful. Yes, that definitely. Be- that being said, when we were at, I don't know, were you at one of the nights where Chris hosted? Yeah. Chris seemed yeah. to have had a lot of fun earlier oh, in the yeah. day, and I believe definitely. this was a standard thing for him. Um, he was having a lot of fun during the festival, as we all were. And things were loosey goosey. Very loosey goosey. <laughs> Freeform, I would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I was yeah I was at Sketchfest Thursday night and it's Friday night. Triumphant return. Yes. Um, actually, like the MC came out on Friday night and was like, "Why haven't we been doing this for years?" And I was like, "You're right. You're so right." <laughs> you're like um, that's it. I'm leaving. <laughs> you're like, boom, drop the mic yes. and walk out. Um, no, yeah, and you were there on Thursday night as well, right? Um, mm-hmm. For uh, what is it? Town Hall Comedy, Blackout Broadcasting, Titmouse. Yes, and I, I. How did you feel about? Uh, I was not a big fan of broadcast comedy. Uh, um, broadcast. yeah, I was a little bit. Um, I felt like it was maybe like a little bit too political. Uh, like maybe trying to like bring in stuff that was just like it was political. Um, it was a good amount of political. I feel like they just didn't do a very good job of being political. Yes. Like it was a little. There were parts that were like, oh, I see where you're going with this, but, but it's, it's still not offensive. Quite there. <laughs> I think the only part that really got me was the uh, the guy did a fake ad. You know, like the sell your gold for cash, mm-hmm. and then he went into a round about selling your bone marrow for cash. Yes, which was kind of great because that I definitely, being said, definitely thought about that. Um, but I'm just kidding. Kyle Fines actually did a really great the medium brown wig sketch. Yes. Which was pretty much the same, not the same thing, but like it, we'd already just seen a sketch very similar to that. They did a really good job of parodying that. Parodying like like companies that come from like Langley. Crazy, that, crazy, crazy. Crazy. No, yeah. Um, I And I thought, you know, Town Hall Comedy, the like slowly humping to Enya. That was <laughs> slowly humping to Enya. I don't know. Like it, it's, I don't know. I'm a, I'm an Enya secret fan not, not secret anymore, anymore. <laughs> it's out there yeah. Enya but I mean who doesn't love a little Enya but now it's kind of ruined for me no. unfortunately you but I feel like it always invoked humping for me anyway <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah Titmouse was was amazing uh I'm a big Taz fan from Sunday Service mm-hmm. so I, I thought they were really hilarious and then the next night unfortunately I missed Sunday Service I had to leave but they're early. every Sunday but they're every the Sunday Zoo. So I get to see them, but um, yeah, the on Friday it was uh, Hit Bang and the Ryan and Amy show, and Ryan and Amy show, I was super impressed, mm-hmm. although um, Amy is basically Kristen Wiig, is what I realized. Which is not a bad thing. It's really not a bad thing. She was really funny, and like I don't blame her, because if I was a comedian, I would probably channel Kristen Wiig too, or maybe like Tina Fey, I don't know, hard to, hard to choose, but... She was doing like I can't do it because it's radio, mm-hmm. but the shoulder shrugs. Well, that's a lot of good shoulder shrugs. You know, the like, voice looks like, you know. I, I tried, but then I was like, I'm not gonna. Be <laughs> you got this. nervous. I got nervous. Um, no, yeah, and and it was it was all very good. I just all in all, um, I was a little bit uh, 
I was I was like mildly disappointed, but I think my expectations were like uber high, um, just because I'm such a fan of like going to stuff in Vancouver. But the stuff I usually go to is is like the Sunday service, and I, I'm always so impressed. And it's obviously very different. It's a sketch format, not an improv format, which yeah. I'm not used to. But um, overall, it was it was still very funny, and I'm I'm glad that it's something that they're they're trying to push for. So. One thing I thought, and maybe you'll, maybe you have a thought on this. Um, did they use a lot of props on Friday? Because on Thursday it was mostly just like a black box, mm. and um, I know that you know people brought some of their own props, you know, chairs and the medium length um, brown wig, right? Which important. was that was an well used, prop. well used, excellent. Um, he's got so many wigs. Why would you need more than one <laughs> wig? Yeah. Um, but he only needs one. Just stick with it. <laughs> It can be anything. You can cut it shorter. You can I grow it longer. Actually, Science. The friend that I was with has medium brown hair, so I just turned and looked at her the entire Never time. Never gonna live it again. Guess yeah. what? Guess what? Cal finds you ruin that girl's life. She's <laughs> looking for a hairdresser. <laughs> um, but um, maybe that was part of it too, because like in a sketch format in a festival, you totally have the option of kind of bringing in rather than every week. Like if you set up. Um, if you set up something where you had a weekly show or a monthly show or you expected all these props, you that would be a little hard to maintain. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, if you're if you're doing improvisation, that's something that's pretty hard to set up. But for a sketch, I was like, ah, you know what? You could have just brought in a cell phone yeah. instead of pretending to talk on yeah, a phone. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I, I agree. I agree with that. But like, pretend, we had a lot of, like, on Friday, there was pretending to smoke a cigarette, mm-hmm. which I was kind of like... It wasn't necessary, really. There was no need for the cigarette had no role in this in the scene. But um, actually, the Ryan and Amy show they did a lot of costume stuff. Cool, great, awesome. Um, but I, I can value. see how it's difficult. Like they had to kind of put one of their videos in between so that they could go change costume, mm-hmm. and they really only did two um, <clears throat> character situations because of that sort of time constraint. I'm mm-hmm. assuming, but but like having the costumes was kind of nice. But it's definitely not like. Uh, like you say, it, it, it wasn't. It seemed like a kind of hybrid of improv and sketch, just because there was that sort of lack of like a actual created scene using sort of props and costumes and stuff like that. But, well, I um, think yeah. that this, you know, you can think of it as like the re-inaugural festival, and mm. the people who showing up, who are showing up, are going to be hardcore. And oh, so yeah, I think, I think for I on Friday, um, I think uh, broadcast blackout needs, especially as someone who is on radio. Mm-hmm. and like loves radio drama and listens to <laughs> podcasts all the time i was like oh you guys but i also think there was like a generational oh, it wasn't okay. my style of comedy and i think it's style is a big thing with comedy so you know um uh so are you what for so for next year a few more props more props more props you Less can just talk people. on a cell phone I'm i know just you- kidding. oh no <laughs> i'm just kidding no. oh last show folks no responsibility yeah, apparently not i don't know um no it was uh it was a really really great and um hopefully chris wilson keeps hosting yeah um in he, was, he was hilarious <laughs> like you always need a drunk person that's in- true <laughs> and you know what just there if you need one i'm there for you vancouver Great. this is going out over the airwaves right now good to hear if you need a drunk person um what i uh, my question for brenda is what are you gonna do without me getting inappropriately <laughs> drunk at all our staff functions we're gonna have to find someone else to do it. I hear Eleanor is doing a really good job. I'll put out a nice I could do job I could, description. I could do yeah. that. I feel like I could take over that. Okay, there you position. go. Okay, if, so if between our right our here. studio lamb and uh, Julia, we've got that covered. Excellent. Um, 
My exiting, my exiting remarks have been incredibly thoughtful, I think, first of all. Um, super appropriate. And really have probably will have no ramifications on my professional career. So, great. Awesome. Um, so, does anyone else have anything coming up uh, that they would like to give a shout out to? Um, we have uh, Peanut Butter and Jams Thursdays? Alternating Thursdays. Alternating Thursdays. So not this week. I'll be at Push, but uh, next week. But you know what? Listen every week, because what do you alternate with? Uh, Are You Aware, which is music that has something to say. Good. So there you go. Either way, you get a little bit of food, you get a little bit of soul food, you're good to go. Um, And uh, we will be having uh, Sarah Lapsy will be in next week and for the next couple of weeks. Um, She... I want to do a shout out to Sarah because she has been my co-host for about a year and she is taking over as arts director. She's done an amazing job. I have 110% confidence in how awesome she's going to do. Um, I don't know if you heard her interview with TJ Daw in studio last week. Um, so uh, it's going to be really, really great. And we will be able to bring up a new crop and we'll just move people through the arts report out into the radio world. And um, uh, it's always nice to pass it off to someone who you can trust to do an excellent job, unlike how when Adam passed it off to me (laughs) because I had been on air for like (laughs) a month. (laughs) Um, So I am not in such a precarious position. I'm very, very lucky as a CITR to have Sarah on board. And um, if you're interested in, you know, doing something like this, you should join CITR or CJSF or co-op. Find your local community radio outlet or your community print outlet and start um, exploring your city and start, um, you know, connecting with what you are interested in, be it music, art, comedy, um, be it news or public events. Um, There's a way for you to kind of interact with what's happening around you in a way that can also be really fun and really educational at the same time. What? It's true. So um, thank you very much for having me, CITR. It's been a pleasure. And... um, I'm super glad that I organized this party in my own behalf <laughs> because I have control issues. Um, on that note, we are going to sign off uh, for January 29th on CITR 101.9. Uh, you've been listening to um, Brenda, Paul, Julia, Adam, myself, our studio lamb, Emma. Um, uh, and uh, you've also been listening to the Gang Sign remixes featuring uh, DJ, our own DJB and the Passenger and Humans. And then uh, we have also been listening to a little beekeeper who has been a favorite guest on uh, Devin Lougheed has been a favorite guest on the show. Um, that's all for me. Coming up next, we are going to have arts UBC Arts on Air uh, for 2014 every other week, alternating with Blank Verse, which is a UBC theater project multimedia. You can check it out, blankverse.tv. Um, have a great night. Um, you know, keep your stick on the ice. I should have probably come up with a catchphrase in the two years that I was coming here. Okay, peace.
Peanut, peanut butter. First you dig peanuts and you dig them. You dig them. You dig them, dig them, dig them. Then you crush them. You crush them. You crush them, crush them, crush them. Then you spread them. You spread them. You spread them, spread them, spread them. Peanut, peanut butter. Peanut, peanut butter. If you're looking for the best in local music and local food, it's got to be Peanut Butter and Jams with your host Brenda and Jordy, alternating Thursdays, 6 to 7.30. Check it out. Showcasing cool and contemporary music from the North, Northfest brings you an array of vibrant music from the Yukon's Diet and Speed Control, plus Greenland's Nive Nelson. Come down to the Rickshaw Theater on January 31st and experience everything from roots to rock, indie to alt-folk. Tickets are available at Red Cat, Zulu, High Life, and Neptune Records, or at northerntickets.com and live at rickshaw.com.